0: I'm not. I'm not sure how I drew the card to be the um, do the message today. It seems a bit like a setup. Like it's pretty distracting. So I will do my best um, to hold on. I'm setting my timer here. I'll do my best to um, project to have something of value to share and also to be, uh, brief. So I don't think there's, as far as I understand, there's no one that was, um, scheduled to, uh, experience baptism today, but that was initially, I think part of the idea of, of being here. I, the the water temperature is not bad, so it's not too late if you're on the bubble about it. The, um, thought and the passage, uh, the concepts that we're going to talk about today do obviously concern um, baptism, again, because that's what brought us here initially. And um, so the place where we're going to be is in Galatians, and it's not necessarily a passage you would think of when you think of that concept of baptism, but. You may know this, you may not know this. Katie and I, we actually, we used to live in Montreal, uh, which is a city in in Canada, as most of you will know. And we got to know um, not only a lot of French Canadians, but also a lot of Canadians from Ontario and further west, who typically, um, generally identify more with a, a British background or English background um, of, of Canadian culture. And one thing that I found interesting uh, being an American was that a lot of Canadians from an English background, they really took a lot of uh, pride and I met several people, pride in that connection, and I met several people who um, would say, oh yeah, so and so. You know, was in my family heritage. We have our family shield, and we've done the research, and we were related to you know King George I or or whoever. You know, the Duke of uh, the Duke of Earl, if that's a real thing. They took a lot of pride in that sort of heritage, that connection, and also since I've lived in Maine, I've gathered that there are people here that also take pride in having. A connection to somebody that came off the Mayflower. Um, oh, I'm, I'm related to uh, Governor Bradford. You know, uh, just in just in case you didn't know, uh, Governor Bradford was a big deal back in the Plymouth Colony. Um, so, do you, does that does that resonate with you? Do you do you understand? Have you heard, or maybe you do that yourself? Um, I have no heritage to speak of, so. It's a little bit um, more challenging for me. The concept of baptism, if you were here last week, well not here, but with Joel's sermon last week, if you were able to hear it. He talked about the idea of being a part of a story. And so I kind of thought that that was a great opportunity, a great opening for introducing this sermon. So the concept of baptism brings together the story of God that Christians are a part of. But it also brings with it this spiritual heritage that if you are a Christian, you you actually do possess. So even though I have no interesting heritage that I know of, as a Christian I can celebrate the idea that I I have an ancient spiritual heritage that places me in this bigger story that God is doing in history, so Joel's sermon last week challenged us to all see the stories that we are a part of. Uh, I really liked the fact that he brought out uh, we all live out stories all the time, and s- sometimes we're not even aware that we're a part of them. Um, for instance, the high school football player. I really, I really liked that story. Uh, if you were there, hopefully you know what I'm talking about. But his his story of being the star player and then graduating wasn't able to make that adjustment very easily to not being part of that story anymore. So just sort of uh, was a waif lingering around the school uh, for a number of years. But there's a story where God is redeeming all of fallen creation, right? This is what Joel talked about. And so the Christian's calling is to become a part of that story. And so with that metaphor in mind about being a part of that story... I want to see how we will connect it to the concept, the idea, the reality of what baptism is. So, before I go further, let me just say, say prayer um, briefly. Lord, for this uh, place we are thankful, for your mercy we are thankful, and we ask that you would help us in all things that we need help in. Amen. So this spiritual heritage that I talked about, it's a rich one, it's exciting, it includes like maybe your own family heritage, Uh, it includes some scandalous people, Um, it includes some steady and heroic people, it includes bums, Uh, it includes prophets, priests, kings. And the spine of that family heritage, it extends back to, many of you have probably thought of this, the biblical person of Abraham, way back in the book of Genesis. So the spine of the spiritual heritage shines and continues back to Abraham, the one through whom God gave the promise, right, of all of these descendants, even though he, was, he and his wife were unable to, to have their own children, He gave this promise about all of these descendants that they would have. You probably recall the story. So from him came, you know, he he became the nation. uh, He was the father to all of the ancient nation of Israel. You know, to him and his wife were born eventually the twelve sons that became the twelve tribes um, that became the entire nation of Israel, and eventually. In that line, that family descent, Jesus was born and He saved His people from the tyranny of sin and death. And because of this relation, this tracing back to Abraham, Paul says to us in Galatians, and this is where we come to our passage today, you too, brothers and sisters, are children of promise. So, a long time after this promise was made to Abraham, he's pointing to these Christians back to, look, you are children of this promise that was made to Abraham. And so it was written to them, and it's written for us. And so the same thing is true of us also. So, here's the the main idea. The concept of baptism... The concept of baptism is a way to discover and enter into our spiritual heritage. To recognize our status as the children of Abraham and to journey on in that eternal status. So again, the concept of baptism is a way to discover our spiritual heritage. It's really that simple. Um, so, there's kind of two ways, briefly, I wanted to talk about baptism. The first one is what most of us probably think of, right? It's why we kind of are set next to a body of water, um, because the idea of baptism has been practiced um, in different iterations all over the world for thousands of years, uh, and one of those is to be immersed into water. Right? The physical um visible testimony, if you will, of entering into that heritage, that spiritual heritage is physical baptism. So you might think about um you know how this is intertwined with salvation, repentance, turning to Jesus, and think about the Ethiopian eunuch, right? If you remember that story back in I think it's Acts eight. I don't, I don't remember who did that message. Pretty sure it wasn't me. Ken? No? Um, where the eunuch became a believer in Jesus and then they walked on and they saw a body of water and he was baptized there. So that idea of physically being baptized in water. So that's the first most common way we think of baptism. But honestly, there's a different concept and way of thinking of baptism that's very closely connected, and that's baptism being portrayed metaphorically, as in our life is immersed into the person of Jesus Christ. Our life is immersed into the person of Jesus Christ, and that's really what this passage in Galatians is referring to. Um... When it says, for those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. For those of you who have been baptized have been clothed with Christ. This speaks about this complete change in status that takes place in the life of a Christian. You're transferred into a new life out of your old life. You receive a new identity. You gain entry into this family heritage, this family story, this family itself. You receive a new citizenship. You pass from something like a, from a, being a, a slave status into a free status. You become a citizen with all the rights and privileges of God's beloved people. So this is the story. Again, I'm connecting the idea of story with baptism. This is the story for God's people that baptism affords us. And again, I think this is the primary sense of uh, verse 27 in Galatians where it says you're baptized into the name of Christ. And he says it in a slightly different way. You're clothed with Christ. So you get that idea of it's a metaphor for being immersed into the person that Jesus is. And this follows verse 26. Um, Being in Christ links us to being an heir or a descendant of Abraham, the father of Israel. And it says through faith, I read it earlier, we are all sons and daughters of God in Jesus Christ. And so we come into the family unit of God through this type of baptism. As Gentiles, we were estranged from God, but through faith, we become related to God through immersion into Christ. So if, if I can just press that metaphor a little bit more, baptism, being immersed in Christ, is crossing of a threshold. It's stepping into a new reality where you receive and you become part of this deep, historic faith in Christ. And you take your place among God's redemption story. You, you, you participate in the story. You become active and actualized in that story of God's redemptive works. So, why was Paul talking about this? If you read through the rest of Galatians up to this point in chapter 3, the Galatians were stumbling. They weren't living out of this true identity. He says instead, you've, you've turned to a different gospel. A distorted gospel. He says in the the first verse of, of the third chapter, Who has cast a spell on you? Like, what are you doing, people? What is going on with you? You have a family. You have a father. You have a mother. And you're acting like they are not your family. You're acting like you've been cast out of your family. You're acting like you're an orphan. And you're not. You're not living... According to your identity in Jesus. The question really centered on, you know, there was this debate going on, like how how Jewish did these people have to become? And some of them were apparently taking that very, very seriously. To the point that Paul says, who's, who's told you this? Who cast a spell on you? Why are you living according to a different gospel? So, lest we think like that's just like a problem that the Galatians had to deal with, it's possible, apparently, for Christians to go astray, right? It's possible for us to go astray. It's possible for us to, as he says. Turn to a different gospel. It's possible for us to be cast under a spell, leaving our true identity and assuming another one. So, how how do we avoid this? And I, that's a complicated topic, but the best thing I came up with is we must keep trying to know Jesus. Like we we we. That that's our identity. That's our that's our calling. C- cats climb up a tree because they are a cat, right? Yes. The dogs bark because they are a dog. That's that's their identity. The identity of a Christian is to follow and know and turn to who Jesus is. We must keep trying to know Jesus. Who was he? What did he claim about himself? What did he say about sin? What did he say about death? What did he project about life? How did he offer hope? And do do we embody those things to ourselves, but also to others? Do we follow in his footsteps of walking through life? Does does his, his purpose and all that He stands for, does it abide in us deeply? Do we cultivate and practice the gospel in our lives? So, to take that just one step further in a really practical way, we must open ourselves. Um, it's great to see everybody, by the way. But we, we have to open ourselves up to being shaped, to being prodded by one another, by other Christ followers, by 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 hearing and mutually submitting to one another, um, encouraging one another with the, the hope and the life that Jesus stood for, um, to turn away from any sort of false identity we get too far into to, to, to back up and to head back towards being baptized in the name of Jesus into him being clothed with him so that happens in a community like this. Um it happens through prayer right it happens through worship. It happens through um hearing and submitting to and uh, relishing in God's Word and what His revelation is to us. So this is how we carry on that immersion that we had when we became a Christian in the first place. And this physical baptism, if someone were to go out there and be go down into the water and come back up, it's a physical testimony. That's a physical testimony Of being baptized into, being immersed into the person of Jesus. Our old life gets buried as we go down in water. With Him in death. But we are raised up as He was raised up. Into the newness of life. And that becomes our identity. A new life. And so sometimes we revert back to that way of living out death rather than living out life. But that's our identity, is to strive to live out of that new life that we've been given. And to live out our status as the children of promise, to find our family heritage, and to exploit it for all we can, if you will. Through the promise, through faith, Lord, help us with these things. We don't understand them all. We don't um, practice them. We don't even know what to do with all of these concepts. But like the man who was born blind and was being peppered with questions from everyone around him, he said, "I, I don't know. All I know is I was, I was blind." But, but now I can see. And so, Lord, may You start there with us. Be gentle with us in our faith, in our desire to live out this heritage that has been purchased for us. Encourage us and help us encourage one another as we seek to walk in the way of truth everlasting.